You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and today I'm joined by Clay Harbor. Clay, thanks for hopping on this time last year. I think it was a little later than this we had you on, so it's um, honestly pretty crazy looking at the Bears, uh, the difference, how different the Bears is compared to this time last year and now. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I feel like it's a completely different team after the draft, after free agency. Ryan Poles has done a good job of getting Matt Eberflus some weapons this year, and I think we're going to see a much better team, a better-than-three-win team uh, for sure this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that they, they went in. I think the one position group, which we I think everybody has mentioned, that the edge, the pass rush is probably the one thing that people may be a little concerned on. Aside from that, there's, there's a lot of improvements. Uh, before we jump into this episode, I do want to, obviously, everybody knows Clay Harbor. Clay Harbor uh, is a nine-year veteran in the NFL. He played for Philly and for Jacksonville, but he's a Chicago guy. So if you follow him on Twitter... Obviously, Clay, you have a lot of posts on all three, um, and you've kind of seen a similar trajectory with all three, honestly. We saw the kind of path that the Jaguars had to take to get to the season they had last season, and then we saw what it took, you know, Jalen Hurts adding A.J. Brown, and it really improved what he was able to do offensively, and now, obviously, Chicago is kind of hoping they have a similar path to that, but you're very vocal and active on Twitter, which is really fun. I love following along with you personally, but you do get a lot of heat from from people on Twitter, which, which fan base gives you the hardest time, Philly, Jacksonville, or Chicago? Oh, it's 100% the Bears fans. And, <laughs> you know, they're, they're definitely the hardest, but, you know, I love Chicago. I'm born and raised in the Chicagoland area, so I get it. I know how much they're hurting for a winner and they want a good team and how much they are really looking for that quarterback position that we've really yearned for. And, you know, the cool thing about covering those three teams is I've really got to see them go through similar stages Mm-hmm. That's really helped me as a fan and an analyst just to see like where these teams are. Like last year, we, we knew Trevor Lawrence come into the season, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, but you just got them some weapons. You got them, you had the first pick in the draft. You had the, the most money for agency and he really broke out. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of weird how similar it was with Jalen Hurts to Justin Fields. If you look at the numbers from going from year two to year three with both these guys, very similar numbers. They both got a number one receiver. They both got some big players. So I think that we're going to see a big jump like we did with Trevor Lawrence, like we did with Jalen Hurts, and both teams with Justin Fields and the Bears. I definitely think that the majority of Bears fans would agree with you. I'm not totally sure everyone around the NFL agrees with that, but I think we've just obviously watched way more. We've watched way closer what Justin Fields was able to do last season with almost nothing. Uh, one 
more for you, Clay, before we jump into this episode of what what kind of this premise is, um, because I saw a tweet last week that you posted um, and you said that in the tweet, it was saying that the QBs that you're drafting this season in the NFC North and there was rankings on there and you had Jordan Love as number one. Justin Fields is two. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Tell me why that why Love was sitting at one for you. Oh, actually, Taylor, that was just um, that was just me putting the the rankings oh, out there, okay. asking the fans to rank them. If I had to rank them myself, I mean, it's tough to it's tough to put Justin Fields above guys like Goff and Cousins after the years they've had. If you look at the numbers, I think Jared Goff's numbers look a lot better than what he really was, but. I think preseason you got to go Goff, Cousins, Fields, and then Love. But I think at the end of this season, I think I won't be surprised if it goes Fields, Love, Goff, Cousins, and does a complete flip. So for now, I would have to give it to the two veterans, the guys that both had good years last year. One of them made the playoffs. I know they got mm-hmm. booted out in the first round by a bad Giants team that got beat pretty pretty handily the next week by the, by the Eagles. I was at that game. But Jared Goff had a heck of a year, too. So for now, we'll give the two best quarterbacks in the division to them. We got Goff, Cousins. But I think by the end of the year, it'll be Fields and Love. Okay. Well, thanks for the clarification. I think a few people may have thought that was your rankings, and that was confusing to <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into this. So obviously, this next few weeks, I'm going to run through some questions. I've got a lot of fan interaction on Facebook, on Twitter, um, through the for, through Windy City Gridiron. And so we'll share some of those thoughts, too, and I'll get your uh, your thoughts on maybe some of the, the Bears fans' opinions also. But this week, our question is, the players who are still in their rookie contracts that we think will improve the most this season— I think there are a million different routes we can go with this, Clay, because there's guys that I think we already saw, you know, pretty good things from, whether it be last year or the year before, and maybe we're just expecting them to take that even, you know, that that even bigger leap. Or maybe there's some that last year we weren't quite impressed and we are expecting a little more from them. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into this. Who is your number one on this that you expect to make the biggest leap, the most uh, make the most improvement this season? From last year to this year, I would have to say Darnell Mooney. I think that he is better suited as a number two wide receiver. You go back to two years ago, he had over 1,000 yards, uh, four touchdowns, and he had Allen Robinson as running mate last year when he was asked to do the number one receiver duties. He just, it just wasn't the same. You're facing the best cornerback on the opposing team. You, the defense is always looking out for you. Now you bring in D.J. Moore, a guy that's had 1,100 yards, over 1,100 yards, three years in this league and a guy that's just a proven threat one of the top 20 receivers in this league by pretty much everybody that ranks receivers now you're going to see darnell mooney get more favorable matchups mm-hmm. you're going to see him not get as much attention and you've seen him in that spot before with with alan robinson i think he goes for over a thousand just like he did a couple of years ago with a rob on this rookie deal this is a contract year for him they want to see how his ankle heals and it's basically, for me, it's a competition between him and Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Who, who's going who's gonna to play better to get that second contract? They're not going to give both these guys a second contract. They're going to give one of them a second contract. They just paid DJ Moore. It's either Claypool or Mooney, and my bet, my money, is on Mooney. 
Yeah, I love that answer, honestly. I lo- I'm i a big Darnell Mooney fan, and I think this time last year I was even arguing, you know, that he has the potential because some people, I think it was Dan Orlovsky, and, you know, I like a lot of the things he said, but uh, he does, but one of the comments he made last season was Darnell Mooney may not even be a number two wide receiver, and I just disagreed with that strongly because I think Darnell Mooney, granted, only 5'11", makes plays, and we saw it last season how much the offense changed later in the season, Clay, when Darnell got hurt. It, it just felt like it kind of collapsed after that, and there was a lot of pieces added to that you know the the offensive line at that point was super banged up and they just weren't clicking and things were just kind of falling apart but the moment Darnell was not on that offense things really changed uh, from what we had I think my my number one for me Clay is I I think I have to go the obvious one with Justin I really I really (laughs) loved everything that I saw from Justin Fields for uh, for the most part last season I think maybe after like week six week six and beyond we were seeing play after play of things he can uh, things he was able to do that I'm really not sure many quarterbacks can do and that's in the passing game that's in the running game but I really am expecting that adding like you said DJ Moore with Darnell Mooney not having to be that number one guy Chase Claypool having a full season they add Robert Tunyon to already what I also think Cole Komet just gets better each season Um, all of these things obviously an improved offensive line so to me I just I see a massive jump for Justin Fields and you mentioned kind of that trajectory with Jalen Hurts I'm expecting something along that line so it's it's hard for me not to go one with Justin and uh, as, as I go through some of a lot of the answers I think I had over 70 or 80, Justin Fields was the number one pick for a lot of these people. And I think that's the easy answer to do. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. I agree with you. Justin Fields is, uh, I mean, it's a huge year for him. And I think he's going to get better because the offensive line got better. Even if he doesn't get better individually, you, you're going to see better numbers and see him perform better because the people around him are so much better already. <laughs> yeah. That's what people need to understand. Even if he doesn't improve at all, he will look like he is playing better because he has a better receiver, he has better tight end group, he has a better offensive line, he has a better defense, so he will improve. But for my uh, my second pick, I'm going to stay with the skill position, I'm going to stay with the offensive side of the ball, and mm-hmm. that's just because we saw that we didn't re-sign David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert's going to have a chance to be a number one running back this yeah. year, and he's, you know, he's going into his third season, so after this year, he will be up for a contract himself, so he knows it's a big year. And running backs, they, they have to come out the gates hot because their career longevity isn't as long as some other positions. Khalil Herbert, people don't realize this. He led the NFL in yards per carry last year. This guy's explosive. He's a 4-4 runner at Virginia Tech. And people – this guy was – I remember talking to Mike Runner from Pro Football Focus. He had Khalil Herbert as a high third-round pick. He slipped to the fifth. Mm-hmm. But this guy is a talented runner. He's an explosive guy, and I think now if he, if he gets his pass protection right and can stay in the field a little bit longer, and I know Roshan Johnson was a sexy pick, but he's yeah. still a rookie. I know he signed Dante Foreman, who's going to get a lot of carries. He did well in Carolina, but clearly Herbert's going to start as the number one guy, and I think he's going he's gonna to take advantage of it and play well. So my second, second guy on a rookie deal would be Khalil Herbert. I like that, and I th- I agree. I like Cleo Herbert, and I think that with the few things that you could point out that maybe were not strengths of Cleo Herbert are more in the blocking side, and people maybe say the pass catching side of things. But he's been able to. He knows. He knows those have been the issues, and those are things that he's targeted this off season. That he's no. He knows he has to pro- improve in if he wants to be that number one guy. And I truly believe he wants to. And I truly believe that Cleo Herbert can be that guy. Um, I really do. I love that answer. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. That's one of the I think the I guess you could say battle but I'm not quite sure it'll be a battle in camp but just to see Herbert 
Roshan and Deontay Foreman just all kind of go at it in camp and see what yeah. what this running this uh, running back room can look at. Uh, Clay, my second one is going to be Braxton Jones. I think that we. Mm, I like uh, it. Uh, Braxton, obviously, there were moments last season where we were a little worried, but the guy played every snap, and he he's a rookie. He was a rookie left tackle coming onto this team that was just really struggling struggling on the offensive line in general. And we saw improvements throughout the season. There was glimpses towards the end where you were like, okay, like this guy can be a starting left tackle in the NFL. And I think that the way the Bears, you know, Ryan Poles and Ibrahim address this off season, it does show that there there is some confidence there that Braxton. Jones can be the guy because obviously they, they made some switches. They moved they moved Tevin and Clay. I think last year we were talking about this when we were like, well, what is Tevin going to do? Because are they going to move him to right guard and whatever? And now Tevin's just kind of doing what the Bears want him to do, and it looks like he can. So that's nice. He just has so much versatility. But Braxton being that strong, that left tackle protecting Justin's blind side, I think is just so important. And for him to just continually improve and really make a jump in the second in the second season, I think is really important. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love Braxton Jones. Like you said, this guy's uh, – I was an FCS player going to the NFL, and my first year I struggled, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I, it was tough going from Missouri State University to Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, everything about it. I mean, the, the amount of fans in the game, you can't hear yourself think. I'm, as a tackle, you have to get used to a snap on a silent count. You don't ever hear a silent count in college at uh, Southern Utah or Missouri State. You don't have enough fans at the game to where you have to. In NFL, your first away game, you're going silent count. As a tackle, you can barely even see the center. You have to watch the center's head. There's a lot of moving parts there in the NFL. Going from a small school like that, obviously the competition level, when you're better than everybody. I mean, from at FCS, I went from being able to dominate physically to not being able to do that at all. And for, for Braxton Jones to play every snap and to be as successful as he was, very impressive. I agree with you there. My last, uh, my last pick for a guy who I think is going to improve this year. You know, he showed flashes as a rookie. He came back last year. It was a little disappointing, especially after Robert Quinn left. But uh, Travis Gibson, yeah. I think it's going to be a – he's going to have a lot on his shoulders because if, if this Bears team does want to get some semblance of pressure on the quarterback, obviously bring in Demarcus Walker. I think he had seven sacks last year. If people don't realize, all of those sacks were – actually from the three-tech position where he plays sometimes or from inside. Mm -hmm. He's not a big-time edge rusher. So Travis Gibson had seven sacks two years ago. Last year, he only had three as a rookie at four. So he's got to get back to that magic he had a couple of years ago, hopefully improve off of that, get up into double-digit sacks, and hopefully having a guy like Demarcus Walker, hopefully Dominic Robinson can help a little bit, and Rasheen Green, uh, they, they won't be double-teaming him. Because for the Bears to be successful this year, they're going to need to get some pressure on these quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're putting, you're asking a lot for some young defensive backs if you're not getting pressure. I mean, obviously, you know, the Bears got some, put a lot of investment in their defensive backs. But for these guys to be successful, Tyreek Stevenson, Kyler Gordon, even Jalen Johnson, the guy that's been there and done that. Obviously, we love Brisker and Eddie Jackson. You got to get some pressure on these guys. So. Mm -hmm. For me, I, I like Travis Gibson. I think he's going to come back. He's going to have a, a better year than last year, and he's going to get opportunities. So I think he'll he'll come back and he'll he'll show up.
Yeah, and I, I agree completely. I think that that's a name. Travis, I loved, and this time off last season, I was, Travis was on my top five, like that I was most excited to watch last season. And like you said, it just didn't really go as planned. But I, I really am hoping that because the Bears, obviously, I think had fewest pressures, if not towards the bottom, and fewest sacks, and their run defense was terrible. So all of those things need fixed. And those are things that guys like Travis and guys like Dom are really going to play big parts in now that they are maybe getting a little more acclimated and you have added a couple guys in the free agency clay before i move to my third would you expect a move do you think that the bears may go after like yannick or something something like that or do you think they're comfortable in what they have at this moment support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I, I just think they got to make a move for depth. You need mm-hmm. more depth going into free agency. Even if it's not Yannick Ngakwe, you got to bring somebody in. Even if, I mean, he's the only big name left. I mean, if, if I mean, obviously you're not going to go clowny. I don't, I don't think they're going to go with some of the other veteran, veteran guys out there, but I think you got to bring someone in just, just in case. Cause after these top four guys, I mean, you start getting really thin there and, you know, just to bring put a battle into training camp and to fill out your roster, I think you're going to need some more guys. Yeah. Um. So mine, which is interesting, really quick, because I just noticed that between our four guys, the first four that we have picked, uh, Braxton, Mooney, Herbert, and Trevis, that was a round five pick, round five pick, round six pick, and round five pick, which is kind of cool yeah. to see, though. You know, like we're, we're talking about guys that were picked later that kind of we weren't expecting a whole lot, and now we're talking about them potentially being massive parts of this Bears offense and defense. Uh, so my third is going to be Kyler Gordon. Uh, Kyler was I, I was debating going Jaquan or Kyler because I yeah. think I love both of them. I um, I think that Jaquan obviously had a better season last year from the get go. And he was just so much fun to watch. It was just I, I feel like all season he was making plays and he was one of those guys you saw all over the field. And I do expect that to improve even more because that's another position when you're looking at that transfer from college to the NFL. It's hard for defensive backs. You're going against the best of the best every single week when it comes to wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks. Um, so it, it, that one, I was really impressed with Jaquan, but I had to lead, lean Kyler just because of the way he ended the season last year. I think he ended up having uh, three interceptions in the last seven games. He was really he was really starting to make plays, and you were seeing his name, you were hearing his name said a lot the last five, six, seven weeks of the season, and it really felt like he had started settling in his shoes. So I'm I'm super excited to see that because obviously they they also added Tyreek Stevenson, and that's going to probably move Kyler Gordon inside to that nickel corner position, which I think will also help him a ton. 
Yeah, great pick there. I, you know, I like Kyler Gordon. You know, people think that I pick on him when I'm, you know, giving my analysis on Twitter. But uh, I think he's a special athlete. He plays great in the run game. And he plays great in his own defense. He's just got to improve with man-to-man. But with Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith battling it out for outside, this gives him a chance to focus on the inside and the slot and becoming, you know, uh, just a good slot defender. So I think that's going to be good for him. It's going to give an opportunity to focus on one aspect of his game and to improve. Yeah, a a few more just because obviously we named ours, but some of the popular ones that I was getting on social media, obviously I said uh, Justin and Kyler Gordon were honestly the two that I was seeing the most. Brisker was on there. Tevin Jenkins is another one on there. And um, I mentioned Tevin. He's making another move, third season in the NFL, third (laughs) position move when it comes to the offensive line. What are you expecting from him uh, from left guard? Are you expecting him to just be able to come out and do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just listening to the things he's had to say about it, he's, you know, he's really up for it right after they drafted him. I mean, he found out like everybody else did that the, as soon as they, they, they signed free agent Nate Davis and then they got a call from Chris Morgan. and He's got the right mentality, the right mindset. He knows he can create value for himself by showing he can play all these different positions and moving into free agency, even if it's not with the Bears. Knowing a team, knowing that this guy can play right tackle, right guard, left guard, can move around in that aspect and still be successful, I think is, is very important. And he has the right mindset and he's a real athletic guy. I mean, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I love Tevin Jenkins. I think he's one of the best guards in the league. I think he'll continue to do that from the left side. It is different. It's going to take some work, but I think he's got the right mindset. And even though I'm hearing some things, maybe Gervin Dexter got the better of a little bit yesterday at, at mm-hmm. OTAs a couple of days ago. I still believe in Tevin, and this guy is just a, a crushing run blocker. I love how he finishes blocks. He's got a little bit to clean up in the pass pro, but overall, I think this guy can be a pro bowler. Yeah, another one I was say- that I was saying a lot on social too, Clay, was Velas. Um, obviously, Velas's start in the NFL was uh, very shaky. He, there was quite a few yeah. crucial mistakes that he made early on. It looked like his confidence was completely lost. He got benched at one point, came back in, and kind of rebounded towards the end of the season. Um, how much we can expect to see him offensively, I'm not totally sure, but being maybe that special teams guy moving forward, even though the NFL is trying to take that away from us, um, is that somebody that you could see making a little bit of an improvement this season? You know, I, I mean, Kyler Gordon, I know I've been critical of him. I've also been critical of Bayless Jones. I'm not, I mean, I'm not as high on Bayless just because I honestly don't think he's going to make this team. Okay. I think he's a practice squad candidate. And a guy that's going to be 26 years old. He's older than he's old. He's old as DJ Moore, older than Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. as old as Clay, older than Chase Claypool. And just hearing what I'm hearing now, he's still struggling catching the football. Unless he makes a rapid improvement in these next 40 days before training camp starts, he's not going to win a battle. You hear you hear Dante Pettis is making plays. The coaches love him. He's a dependable guy. Yeah. Obviously, you're set with your top three with Moore, Mooney, Claypool. You bring in Pettis, you're not going to release Tim Scott this year. So then you got, obviously, you got Equinemia St. Brown, you got Dante Pettis, and those two guys fill, fill roles for the Bears. I don't expect Vilas to, to, uh, to make the team this year. I think he was a decent kickoff returner. I think he had great speed and quickness, but he just can't catch the football, and some guys can't. And I think some time in the prep squad will, will, will do him right, will help him learn how to catch the football, and then maybe – he can he can get better at that and then improve and elongate his career. That's interesting. I think that would for me probably be one of the first major misses for Paul's time here. If that if 
not if he doesn't even yeah. make the team. But um, so Jack Sanborn, uh, they they I saw something today saying they they is they he is the starter this season. Obviously, that's one of the biggest revamped rooms this offseason, Adding T.J. Edwards and adding Tremaine Edmonds, huge in the linebacker room. Major improvement already right there between those three. And now they're saying you know they're expecting Jack Sanborn to be in that mix too when uh, with the linebackers. So we saw the glimpses again. He got injured, and so we didn't get to see that full season of Jack Sanborn, but. What we saw was really fun. So that's another name I'm seeing a lot, Clay. Really good, man. I mean, yeah, once again, if you follow me on Twitter, social media, or any, any of my uh, my shows, then you know I love Jack Sanborn. This guy was really impressive. And honestly, obviously, he's going to be moving positions. But I think it's only going to make him better. I think, obviously, he's he's impressed a lot of people as an undrafted guy. Once again, my buddy Mike Renner had him as like a fourth to fifth round pick. Somehow he slipped undrafted. He actually reminds me a lot of T.J. Edwards, and I remember making that correlation last year a lot. They're both from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. They're both guys that aren't the best testers, but they're just quick, and they have instincts, and these guys know how to play linebacker. And I think they're they're both local guys, T.J., and and obviously they they both can can just just have instincts that you can't coach. So for Jack Sanborn, I agree that he is a guy that's going to continue to get better. I think he wins a job from Noah Sewell, and – my buddy, Dylan Cole, a guy from Missouri State University where I went to college, and uh, I think our linebacking group is going to be as good as you know anybody in the NFC North this year. Yeah, it's funny, actually, because I did a podcast last season on Jack Sanborn, um, what, probably like two, three games in when we were really seeing a lot from him. And I talked to his high school coach uh, from Lake Zurich, and he was talking about like just the path that both of them had. And he, at this time, obviously, TJ Edwards was in Philly, but was talking a yeah. ton about TJ Edwards. And he was like, their path has been so similar. Like they both went, yeah. you know, they're from Chicago. They went to Wisconsin. They both went undrafted. Um, and then, you know, he was like, TJ Edwards got the opportunity, and now he is like, a guy in Philly and he goes I really expect Jack Sanborn to be that and then now here we are talking about TJ Edwards also being in Chicago so I think it's kind of fun to just see all those connections but yeah I I mean I agree Clay I think when we're looking at this team it's definitely improved in a lot of areas we can probably sit here and you know name positions like the edge and pass rush that we want to improve even more and add depth pieces. I think some people would even maybe like to see a little more depth on the offensive line just because we saw how many issues we had last season when it came to injuries. There are some guys, Doug Kramer, we didn't even get to see last season because he got hurt very early in camp. Um, He's somebody that obviously could be out there for depth. Leatherwood's a guy that they obviously got last season um, too that we didn't see a ton of. So those are some depth pieces that we may be able to see, but there is over 60 guys on this roster that are in year four or under so that's that's a lot of potential young talent that the Bears could kind of grow with uh, but you also need that leadership out there with with some veterans so I'd like to see that a little bit this season absolutely I'm really excited to see where the season goes we got a lot of young players but I think the NFC North is wide open mm-hmm. and a lot of people say oh it's a process but once again you're from Jacksonville I saw the 904 pop up on my phone <laughs> you saw what the Jaguars were able to do they went from the worst team in football, two two straight years to winning their division and winning a playoff game, it's possible. Don't yeah. tell me it's not. They had the number one draft pick. They had the most money for agency. Guess what? The Bears had the number one draft pick, the most money for agency. They brought in a big time receiver. They brought in some offensive line help. I think the Bears can do what Jacksonville did and really turn around this team. Yeah, I agree. And I think that even when you look at the Jags, too, that last season, it wasn't even like their number one pick and Trayvon Walker was the guy that completely changed that team. So you can do it outside of having that, you know, Darnell Ryder, we expecting him to come in and just be 
absolutely fantastic right away. Maybe not, but I do think he is going to make an improvement on that offensive line. This guy has been elite at that exact position through college, so it's going to be really fun to watch. But it is that it's very it's so similar, and obviously you and I both follow along closely to the Bears and the Jags, so we can really see the entire path of how this how the Jags switched everything around. And was it pretty all season? No, but you really saw the the improvement, massive improvement from the year before to now. Obviously, coaching was a big factor in that too. Um, but yeah, so Clay, I, I appreciate you hopping on with me. Um, obviously, tell everybody how we can hear you. Obviously, we know on Twitter uh, we can find you there. But where what are you doing now to to where we can hear some of your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, follow me on social media. I post everything there. But I am a member of the Thirty Third Team, which is a NFL uh, media company that focuses on players and coaches and former GMs. And then uh, I will be on Six Seventy Score this week and next week. And then I will be on NBC Chicago next week as well. So uh, tune in to all those and um, we'll just talk some Bears, talk some Jaguars, and I think it's going to be a good year for both teams. Great. Thanks, Clay. Uh, I really appreciate it, and you have a good rest of your night. Thanks. You too, Taylor. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks to Clay Harbor for hopping on with me. Um, and uh, thanks for everyone for sending all your answers in of what you thought, because obviously I, I figured there'd be a group of a lot of similar um, just going through some of them real quick, Kevin Clark, uh, Fields, Braxton Jones, Kyler Gordon, uh, Chris Ballard, Brisker, Jenkins, Fields, Eric Rollins, Fields, Herbert Gordon, um, Lee Grizzly, Justin Braxton Valis, Adam Hickenbottom, Hickenbottom, Brisker, Fields, Herbert. So it's a, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, Stan Evans says Justin Fields, hands down, Per now, with weapons, Kyler Gordon, he'll be more comfortable. Tevin Jenkins, praying for injury-free season. Good point, because obviously if you're not out there, and I've mentioned that a lot, I really, really do hope he stays healthy because when he's on the field, it's just uh, definitely the the offensive line looks a lot different. Um, Rob D'Antonio says, I think Gordon will blow up too much athleticism and intelligence not to succeed. Valus Jones is blazing. He just had a few mistakes that dropped his confidence by the end of the season. He started to make plays. He's got talent. If they feed him, he can be successful. If Herbert uh, gets the carries, he can be a 1,000-yard rusher. Problem is the running back room is talented and crowded, which, yep, all um, factual things. It was interesting to me that Clay doesn't really even think that Valus is going to make the roster, so that'll be something to keep an eye out Um for this offseason, but obviously I really liked Richard Gage, too, uh, on Twitter, at RichG780. He says, I'm not sure I expect them to make the most impact on Sundays, but I'm I'm interested in seeing the improvement made by the second-year depth players. We need to see improvement from Kramer, Leatherwood, um, et cetera, to get this team in a better place if, if the starters do go down, which obviously that's something I mentioned. Um, Patrick Sheldon, thanks, Patrick. Uh, he said, great question and a ton of great options to choose from. I'm going to go with someone who not only I think will, but I hope will, and that's Travis. Uh, ha- he said, I have always liked him and think this year is his breakout year, which I think a lot of us feel that way with Travis. Uh, we're really expecting for that. Peter Shaw says, Uh, Travis Gibson, Kyler Gordon, and Valus Jones as the deep threat wide receiver. Moore establishing uh, DJ Moore establishing dominance in the middle of the field will open that up, and BJJ may become a legit threat. So obviously, there's some very the varying opinions when it comes to uh, Valus Jones. So that's going to be a really interesting one to kind of see. even on WindyCityGridiron.com, uh, we've got a lot of Valises, a lot of Gordons, a lot of Fields. Um, Braxton and Dom mixed in there quite a bit. Jenkins in there a lot. Um, 
Braxton and uh, oh, someone said Jalen Jones. I really like that one. He was an undrafted free agent, and um, so he was asking if, if that contract counts. And yeah, I'm going to count it because that's another definitely another name that you want to look out for. We saw pops of him last season, so that could be really fun to kind of see how he improves. Um, someone literally say if the Jones. Joneses improves and receivers start getting more separation. This is from Limey Bull says this. Um, if the Joneses improves and receivers start getting more separation, field should show significant improvement. Otherwise, we're going to have a tough conversation in six months' time. And I could think that's the kind of hovering question, what happens if he doesn't take the leap that we want him to take. But that's a question for a little later because we are very hopeful right now. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for popping on and listening and everybody send, uh, sending all their answers in. Um, it was really fun to kind of look over these and – I have another one. Corey Wooten actually is joining me next week, and we're going to answer another question. I'll send that out on Monday to get some of your advice on and, you know, thoughts and all of that, uh, that the perspective from you guys. And then we'll talk to Corey and get his perspective also. Um, but anyways, thanks, everybody. I'm Taylor Dahl, and this is another episode of Making Monsters. <laughs>